No Skin, No Service, by Men and Lysette. We call them peelers. Some of them are return customers, while others only come in the one time and leave in tears, streaking blood across the diner floor. What they do is called peeling, and it's the new dumb fad kids are into nowadays. I'd rather see them choke on snorted condoms than peeling in our bathroom stalls, because at least the condoms don't make a bloody mess. From what I hear, peeling isn't really a self-harm kind of thing like cutting is. It's more of a rite of passage, the way some kids challenge each other to see who can hold their palm over an open flame the longest. In the case of peeling, instead of a flame, they use a potato peeler and see who can peel off the longest chunk of skin in a single curl. The whole thing is so dumb on so many levels. I can usually tell when a group is about to do it. They shoot each other this conspiratorial look over the tops of the menu they hide behind and one by one sneak into the bathroom when they think no one's looking. It's usually guys, but some girls do it too. I try to stop them when I can, but I'm not a babysitter and I've got paying customers to serve, so I can't always get involved in their dumb dick measuring contest. I was concerned back when they first started peeling a few weeks ago, but I quickly realized most kids can't handle the pain. They usually only manage to cut a small sliver, about the size you'd scrape off by accidentally slashing yourself with your thumbnail. But I've seen a guy run out of the bathroom with blood-soaked napkins from his wrist to halfway up his forearm. I guess some people handle the pain better than others. The manager joked about putting up a no-skin-no-service sign in the window, but that'd be about as good a deterrent as candy wrappers on a dick. I thought I'd become desensitized to the whole thing, more annoyed than concerned. But last night, the sick practice was taken to a whole other level. If I seem nonchalant now, it's not because I'm desensitized. It's because I'm probably still in shock. It had been a busy night at the diner, and as a result, I'd not been as vigilant as I could have been. I was running from table to table, dealing with drunks and kids from the high school across the street coming in for a post-end-of-year dance snack. It felt like half the student body came through our door that night, and by closing time I was so exhausted and eager to get home, I forgot to lock the door before I flipped the open sign over to the closed side. I was in the back sweeping the floor when I heard the chime of the bell above the door. By the time I got to the front of the diner, there was no one there. I figured whoever had opened the door saw the place was empty and the lights were dimmed, and so they'd walk back out in search of a fast food place. It never occurred to me to check the bathrooms. I locked the front door and went back to sweeping, telling the chef it was nothing. I'd earned the least amount of tips that night, short by a mere dollar fifty, so it was my job to clean the washrooms while the other waitresses left out the back door. The manager was in his office, looking over inventory or something, and waiting for me to finish up so he could lock up. No greater motivator to go fast than to know your boss is waiting on you. I cleaned the girls' washroom in no time, and then hauled a large box of cleaning supplies into the boys' much dirtier bathroom. The first thing I noticed was the potato peeler, sitting in the urinal farthest from the door. Someone's mom was going to be very upset they lost it, I thought. On the other hand, it had probably been peed on all night, probably used as target practice. 
so it was best it never be used for food ever again. I scooped it up with a wad of paper towels and tossed it in the bin. That's when I noticed the brown leather belt peeking out from under the stall. Great, I thought. Look, if you're going to have sex in a diner bathroom, at least have the decency to grab your clothes on the way out. You have no idea how many socks and panties we have to throw away in a month. It's a lot. I wadded up paper towels again because my hands are never touching anything that's been on the floor of that bathroom, and then reached down to take it. Is there even a way to describe what it felt like to lift it? It had the color and size of a belt. It was as heavy as one, but it didn't have the right thickness or rigidness. It was like grabbing an unspooled fruit by the foot, only it was warm and wet and made a slippery noise as I pulled it from the ground, like the sound of stepping off a fresh turd on a blistering summer day. I dropped it, and it went limp on the ground, splattering a light dusting of blood on the tiles and over my feet. It was automatic. I dropped something, so my instinct was to pick it up and not drop it again. I bent over and grabbed the feeble belt, and as I did, I saw it stretched all the way into the stall and coiled around in a messy spiral much, much larger than any belt. It was more like a stringy blanket. Part of me knew and understood what I was seeing, but as I pushed open the stall door, my lizard brain kicked in and poured a thick syrup of numb disbelief over my mind. I started to pull at the string of skin, unspooling it with ease. I lost the paper towels somewhere along the way, flesh touching wet, slippery flesh as I unraveled the blanket. A single, continuous string, like flawlessly peeling a potato in one shot. I didn't even feel sick. I just acted. I just cleaned, because that's what I was in the bathroom for. I put this massive mound of skin in a garbage bag and, staring blankly, exited the bathroom with the intention of tossing it in the bin outside. But then I noticed the streaks of blood on the floor I hadn't seen earlier, because the box of cleaning supplies had been blocking the view. Still in shock, I dropped the bag of skin and followed the streaks of blood by gaze all the way down to a booth by the window. In the dim light, I could see a silhouette staring back at me. A puddle was forming beneath him. He peeked out from the side of the booth, and I thank my lucky stars the lights were too low to properly see his face, though my mind constructed the image regardless, based on memories from anatomy class. His movements were lethargic, and he sluggishly raised a hand and snapped his fingers, or he tried to. The sound wasn't a snap, but a sloshing of liquidy sinew against liquidy sinew. He spoke weakly. Menu, please. I backed away, slowly inching my way to the manager's office. I heard splatters like children's wet feet running by the pool, coming from the seating area as I breached the threshold to his office. I mumbled something about calling the cops, but I don't think my words made sense. The blood on my uniform spoke on my behalf, and the boss quickly shut and locked the door behind me. We waited in the office for ten long minutes. Him trying to get more information, me barely able to string a single coherent sentence together. When the cops finally showed up, the skinless man was gone, leaving a trail of blood all the way to the back door. At least he had the courtesy of taking his skin with him.